0: Hi friends. Happy November. I wanted to let you know about a new offering I have for you to add to your mother's empowerment resource library. And I want to let you know about it before we head into the episode. The 10 days of culture is an on-demand event that will prompt you to add each of the 10 elements of culture to your daily life in easy and practical ways. Because I know how common it is for us to get overwhelmed by just the day to day details of running a household. And sometimes we, including myself, lose sight of the big picture. That's why I created this challenge. This beautiful little 10 day event will help you pause and connect with ways you can add these small and sweet elements of culture throughout the year. So get ready to be inspired to design a family culture that aligns with your family's needs and values. You can get access to the challenge for free at isabelbridges.com forward slash join dash the dash challenge. Now on with the episode. Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Hey there, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, Lisa Foster and I are going to be talking about how to create a purposeful life, both as an individual and as a family. So this is a topic that is so near and dear to my heart, especially around the holidays, which are just around the corner. So before we dive in, Lisa, will you introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about the work that you do, as well as, you know, a little personal peek behind the curtain?
1: (laughs) Well, I am Lisa Foster, and I'm a mom of two teenagers. So I am in the height of the teenage years. And I have to say, I'm loving them. I'm loving them. It's like, something I would be totally afraid of back in the day. Um, but they've turned into these human beings that I actually enjoy being with. So for all those moms out there, don't be scared. Teens are awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I am a pediatric physical therapist, and I am a craniosacral therapist. And I fell in love With craniosacral therapy, it kind of changed my life, and I decided to open up my own private practice called Mapleton Craniosacral Therapy, and I'm a solo practitioner, and I'm just really happy to be in a job that I love doing, like literally every day. And I guess lastly, I'm also a podcast host, just like yourself. I am the host of the Real Life Moms podcast, and I am trying to just inspire moms and give them tools so that they can live the life and create the life that they desire, and also feel like they're doing the thing they love every day.
0: And we will have a link to your podcast in the show notes, because I know everyone will want to check that out, too. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to open with the question I ask all my guests, which is what does empowerment mean to you?
1: Yeah. So that's like, it sounds like such a big question. I think of like empowerment as like control over or power over. And when I think about that, it's like, I want to have control over how I show up in the world. And the way I want to show up in the world is being positive. I want to spread positivity to others, but I also want to encourage others to know that they can like change their mindset, that they are in control of how they think and how they feel and that they can change their perspective. And I think like, if I can tell just a short little story, um, like one of my clients literally the other day came in, To my office. And she has been suffering. I mean, in a lot of pain 24-7. She's also a mom. She's also trying to work. And she's just like, oh, my God, what if I can't? What if I can't? What if I wake up with pain? What if, what if, what if? And I just turned to her and I was like, okay. Like, I love the what if game because you can play it either way right? It's like, what if it's bad? Or what if it doesn't work? But you can also play it like, what if it does? And what if you can? And she just like, you could see just like the stress and all the anxieties just like melt away. And then she was ready to say a what if. And I was like, I looked at her and she goes, what if it does? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. And here's the deal with the what if game. It's like, it could be 50% chance that it's like, Going to go the negative way, but it's also 50% chance that it can go the positive way. So why don't we just start with that? So, yeah, so that's what I think impairment is.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so good. I'm going to play, I'm going to start playing that game, what, that <laughs> what if game with myself, with my kids too. Mm-hmm, totally. They yeah, can kind of begin to, I have a 12 year old and I can see that she begins to spin into the what if everything goes,
1: what if I fail my test? Yeah. Totally. What if it doesn't? Mm -hmm. What if you don't? Yeah, I love that. Well, you talked about your
0: job and loving it so much. And I just can imagine that you really not only love what you do, but love that it has an impact that has ripples that ripples out, you know, especially Mm -hmm. when you are treating a baby or even a, a mom, then when they're pain free, they move in the world in a literally a different way, in a pain-free way. And that must have so much, um, give you so much like delight in your life. Totally.
1: Yes. I mean, there's nothing that feels better, Then, especially because what I do, I feel like it's the unseen realm, right? So craniosacral therapy, for those that don't know, I'll, I'll keep it really brief. It's really a gentle manual technique that works with the structures of the nervous system. So it's like about balancing those structures. And the thing is, it's like, it's so gentle and light that that that's what I'm picking up in their bodies. And for like the first time I'll say, oh, well, this feels stuck. And people are like, oh my God, yes, but no doctor can see it or understand it. So they think they're crazy. And then, so when I kind of validate what I'm feeling and what they're feeling, It's just you get this whole new person, someone who actually feels finally seen, finally heard. And whether the pain subsides totally or not, or whatever we've done, that little gift of just saying that, like, I see you, I hear you, you're not crazy, I think is healing in itself.
0: Mm -hmm. So we're talking right now to the woman who maybe is like, but I don't feel seen in my life. And I don't feel heard, and I don't have people in my life who know how to just hold that space for me. Forget even craniosacral therapy. Mm -hmm. Can you show her some light? Can you give her some, a little seed of inspiration to help her, you know, move out of the what if everything goes bad?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the big practice really is somehow pushing the external chaos and what society feels then pushes on us and really becoming strong within. So how do you become strong within, I guess, is the question, right? I mean, I deal with this even with my teens, right? This is a question we come up with every day. Um, and, it, and it's really difficult, but you have to dig deep. You have to really dig deep and figure out who you are. Because once you do that, you can then... Quiet the noise because you're showing up in each room with your core values, what you align with. So it doesn't matter what people are saying or seeing you or hearing you because you you hear yourself. So I guess I'm going to assume the big question is how do you do that, right? <laughs> because <laughs> that is a big question. And like for me, I, I feel like even a year ago, I had to do that for myself because I was starting a podcast about two years ago and what I realized is I had to show up in front of all these people, right, listening, and I realized I didn't really know who I was. At the end of the day, I was kind of lost. I'd gotten lost in motherhood. I forgot what my passions were. I didn't know who I was, Mm -hmm. and I one day went and dropped off my son at a haircut. I had an hour in the car by myself, Mm -hmm. and I sat down, and I said, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out what my passion is, who I am, because I need to be showing up and showing up authentically. And I ended up like just creating a list of what really lights me up. What is that feeling inside that I get that I feel like, oh my God, this is, this is joy. This is light. This is who I am, you know? And I just wrote down all these times that I felt that way, honestly. And then it turned into the stories of what those things were. And at the end of it, It was just so enlightening because what I found was that my real passion is to inspire others and to cheer them on. And actually, when I looked back at my life, I was doing that all the time. I was like a cheerleader in high school. My job is to cheer and help people and inspire them. My podcast is the same way. And I show up the same way at home as a parent. And I think I was, I think I was searching for something bigger. Like it had to be a talent. It had to be grandiose, but it didn't, it was simple. And it was the thing that came the easiest to me. And so what I would say to that mom, that's just sitting there is to sit down and think of those things that light you up and it doesn't have to be big. And if you're struggling, then ask your three friends to say three things about you. I guarantee they will see it super quick and it's something that you do every day
0: oh my goodness okay so i'm smelling a pre-step here so (laughs) help me i because you mentioned nervous system work yeah and i know how important this is so what you said is identity you know who am i what delights me what do i love and then how i can move in the world from that place i would love to hear your take on how we can support our nervous systems almost even before we ask ourselves who am I? What do I love? What brings me joy? Because I feel like that is the step that is so is often missing is how do we uh, regulate our own nervous systems before we ask, what should I do? Because I'll just speak for myself. When I move through the world from a dysregulated place, I'm, I'm inhabiting my life in such a different way than I am when I've regulated. But that's new for me, so I would love your take on this.
1: Oh, totally, totally. Like the most regulated person in the room is definitely the the smartest person in the room, right? Because they're they're coming from a place of that they can use their mind, that they can think. And I think, unfortunately, we live in a world that we are constantly in stress. I mean, twenty four seven, and they're little stressors, but they build. I mean, our body is not meant to be in stress 24 seven. It wasn't meant to be running from one thing to the next. And, and with that, you know, people are breaking down whether that's emotionally, physically, their health, you know, so I think being regulated is huge. Mm -hmm. And the things that can help us is, I mean, it's they're basic, honestly, it's going, moving your body, you know, going for a walk going in, sitting in nature, things like that, dancing you know, in your house. Because the thing is, when you are stressed and it's built inside of you, an animal's instinct is really when they get, you know, when they're being followed by another animal and they get stressed and they get into that freeze state, When they live, they shake it off. That's like the natural instinct. And then they can move on, but they're not going to get hit again for like another day or two. We get hit like five minutes later, right? Mm -hmm. So we physically need to shake it out, Mm -hmm. get our bodies re-regulated. So movement is really important. So that mist, and I'm not talking about like going to the gym and working out. That is fabulous. But like if we're getting stressed out like all the time, then you need to be doing it throughout the day. You know, you're sitting at work get up, take a walk. You're, you know, doing your dishes at home. Great. Dance around, shake it off, do something like that. And then the other tool I love is breathing. Breathing can take your nervous system from a sympathetic state, that fight or flight to a a parasympathetic state, tongue twister, right? Really quick, which is rest and digest. And what I tell my clients to do, what I do is you breathe in for a count of two, you blow out for a count of four, or if you want to breathe in for a count of four and blow out for a count of eight, the key is blowing out twice as long as you breathe in is that will trigger that parasympathetic system.
0: Can you lead and, us through that practice right now? What? Yeah, sure. What sure. You so our listeners can really experience what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, so we're, let's just take five deep breaths, okay? And I personally like to breathe in for a count of four. So I'm going to do that. But if that's too much for you, then just do a count of two, okay? So we're just going to breathe in through our nose for a count of four and take a deep breath in. And then you're going to blow it out through your mouth. For a count of eight. And then we could do it five times, but maybe three for this demonstration. I'm gonna breathe in again. And out. And let's do one more, breathe in and out. And even just alone, I mean, I already feel calmer to be But I'll even use it like while filling up my water bottle,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, or if you're in a stressful moment, like your kid just said something that you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to rip your head off Mm -hmm. five deep breaths and then answer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, coming from a regulated place is so important. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so regulated nervous system, then knowing what do I love? What brings me joy? And then having a story about it and creating some action items around what that joy could do for your life. Is that the right order?
1: Yeah, that sounds perfect.
0: <laughs> okay. And then the step after that. So I I now really am clear. This is me. This is who I am. This is how I want to show up in the world as an empowered mother. Then how does that ripple out into our family life? Like culture, as far as like how we um, identify as a family.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I think as parents, we're always modeling. So that's number one. I mean, you knowing who you are, you showing up that way, and you being consistent. I mean, that's modeling it for your kids. I'm a huge fan of kind of that abundance mindset and the law of attraction, and I've really kind of brought that. Peace into my family, and I use. I, I show up the same way every day. So, like for instance, like my teenager—I have two, but my daughter is a little dramatic—and <laughs> she comes home and she is a mess, and she's heightened, and she her nervous system is heightened, and she's like, "Oh my god, practice was awful today." And I would be like, "Okay, well, why?" Because oh, it's like this one person just making it awful, and I said. Okay, well, I was like, was there anything good that happened? And of course, her eyes are rolling. No, of course not. I'm a teen and nothing good is happening. I said, okay, let's do a practice then. Okay, I want you to sit down. I want you to calm down and just, you know, take a breath or two. And then I want you to look around the room. I want you to count all the blue things you see. And so she did in the room. I said, okay, close your eyes. Tell me how many blue things you saw. Her eyes are still closed. And she's like, 10. Like, great. How many white things did you see? And she goes, what white things? And I said, okay, well, open your eyes. Now your room is white. Your desk is white. The chair. I mean, there's tons of white things in the room. And she saw none of them. And I said, you know why? Because you're only focusing on the blue things. Same with your team, right? You're, this kid is annoying you. You're focusing only on that. So why don't you go back to practice next week and focus on something else? Focus on someone else that's positive. Came back from practice. I said, how was practice? She goes, great. I said, why? She goes focused on the positive. Mm. And so that's how we show up. I show up. I use the same things that I'm using in my own life that I'm modeling and I'm doing the same for my kids. And then I see the ripple effect in them and how they're showing up. And then I can overhear what they're telling their friends and their advice. And it feels good. Feels good that that's something that I kind of instilled in them.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm loving this. So what I really appreciate it about it is that there are blue things. Like those things are still real that she's focusing on. You're not negating their, their reality or her feelings about the blue things. And you're showing her that there's so much more here than just what she's seeing or focusing on. hmm so I want to bring in something that is personal and uh, challenging because I'm coming at it from the messy middle. Um, our dear dog, Bacchus, is uh 16 years old and in his decline, like really at the end of his long, wonderful life. And our daughter is having so a lot of emotions, a lot of outbursts, a lot of anger. And she is really thinking about it constantly and focusing on his imminent passing. And I'm wondering if you so you've taught us kind of how to regulate our own nervous systems. Um, when it comes to grief, do mm. you have any tips on how we can you know, make space for our own grief and then make space for our children's grief, um, or anger or upset?
1: Yeah, well, it's funny because I just put two of my dogs down <laughs> within the last four months. One of which was last week, who is also seventeen. Mm. So we've been dealing with that as well. Um, so sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, I. Um, First of all, I think it's great for our kids to see us in that process of grief. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't hide that you're angry or upset. It's one thing to like snap at people, right? Like you're not regulated and you're coming from a place where you're snapping. So you're not saying the things you want to say. So you could take a pause, right? Mm
0: -hmm. But I
1: think it's also good for them to see how you're processing it and that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be angry. And I also think it's good for you guys to have communication about it. Just, yeah, like understand that, you know, she's having a hard time and she's in a mood, but also allowing that to have space because that is normal, you know, knowing that that is normal for what she is going through. So I would say, like, what I like to say, like, especially with kids who are having trouble, who aren't feeling regulated. Like pull up a chair, like instead of trying to fix something or negate how they're feeling or, you know, whatever, but like, it's a process, let them feel that. So like pull up a chair and the art of listening can be amazing. And just that she knows that you are there, that A, you feel the same way and just letting her talk and be seen and heard can go a very long way.
0: Mm -hmm. And maybe using that breath that you just let us through as I'm sitting there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If she's ready, you know, like if she's really in this state, you know, she might just need somebody just to sit with, Mm -hmm. you know, and by you breathing and regulating your body, you know, energetically, it'll help regulate hers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And then that
0: is a little bit like what we're talking about around this is... This is who I am. This is how I show up when I'm having big feelings. And then Mm -hmm. we create this culture in the family of this is what we do. This is how we show up for each other. When we're, when one of our family members is dysregulated, we Mm -hmm. pull up a chair. Pull up a chair. You know, I grew up in a family that we don't, we, we didn't pull up a chair. Our family culture, but totally unintentionally and there's so much love but in my family culture if you were having a dysregulated episode you were sent to your room to deal with it alone so Mm -hmm. we know these things we can do we can make an empowered choice but you know my amazing parents they didn't have the skills of how to uh, regulate themselves so that i could co-regulate off of them and i know how common this is Mm-hmm. So this work is so important.
1: It is. And same here. My parents did not. Mm-mm, there was no regulation. I think they were just in fight or flight or just survival mm-hmm. all the time. And to know that I'm not like we can change. We don't have to be who we grew up you know. with. We could do something different. Once again, that mindset, the power of we have the control of. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I want to make sure that you have said everything you want to say before we enter our closing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we hit topics that I'm really passionate about. So I I do thank you. And, and once again, I think that parenting is a journey. And I do want to say that, yes, I regulate. Yes, I do my work. But do I lose it? Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. And when I do, I also show up and I apologize. I mean, just the other day, I did that. I said something that wasn't really nice about a friend of my daughter's, you know, and I'm an adult. I cannot be putting any teenager down. Right. Mm -hmm. It just was something that like broke my heart. And I went to her and I said, you know, I was wrong. I was wrong about that. Like, I'm an adult. I cannot be showing up that way. And she appreciated that. So I just also want to put out there that we make mistakes, no matter how much we work on ourselves, but just to own up to them, especially with your kids, because we're not perfect. And it's good that they see that, too.
0: Mm -hmm. And can you tell us how we can learn more about your work?
1: Sure. So as for my podcast, you can just visit reallifemoms.com and there's blogs and there's some free tools. And there's, of course, lots of episodes. And then if you want to learn a little bit more about cranial sacral work, you can go to mapletoncst.com and that will explain my videos on what cranial sacral is and also some posts there as well. And just a lot of information that you can grab onto as well.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for that. Now, my last question is what is an empowering action you'd like to invite our listeners to take?
1: Yeah. So I think just in the heart of this conversation is I'm going to challenge everyone to change their mindset, look at things a little differently, um, have a new perspective. And it's funny because like, I like read this book a while ago and I think it's called mindfulness and I'm forgetting the author, but in it, there was a practice that literally like you have to sit in a different seat um, at your dinner table every day for like, you know, a few days, you know, and it was interesting because the the thought is that like, we're just so trained. We like go through life just so trained in this one thought process. And like, I know for me, we sit at the table and everyone has like assigned seats, like no one assigned them, but for some reason we all sit in the same seat. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, it's all of a sudden like, oh my God, what are you doing? And In this practice, it was kind of like change your seat so that you can have a new perspective. You're going to be looking at things differently. You're across from somebody else at a different table. So it could be as simple as doing that. But I want to challenge everybody to do something a little different, have a different mindset, play the, you know, what if in a different way. And yeah, that's my challenge.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's so amazing. I'm totally going to do that. Sit in a different seat while we're having dinner. Yeah, you'll freak out your family. It'll be fun. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so good. Okay, and please remember to check out the show notes for references. Uh, If you think of that book, then we'll include the title of the book in the show notes as well. Okay, thanks everyone. See you on the next episode. Bye, Lisa. Bye. You've been listening to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you. Today's episode was produced by Brendan Lindsay. Intro and outro music are by Matthew Randolph. I'm Isabel Bridges, author of Daddy Daughter Day. I'm also the founder of the Mother's Empowerment Sisterhood. You can learn more about my work and join the sisterhood at isabelbridges.com. And pst, I'm offering a 50% off discount for a limited time only. So check it out today, isabelbridges.com.